Yeah, good morning and ready to do a podcast. Chris, what's up? Hey, um, you know, I'm coming to you live from the uh, the garage again. I like that backing so much better. Look at Adam, man. He's he's all fancy, dude. Yeah, actually, I'm moving everybody around real quick, getting everybody positioned. Well, there wow, we go. Look at that. That's pretty. That's pretty cool looking. Whoa, what, what what's wrong with your background, Renny? Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it. As my as my daughter would say, she she'll call me up sometimes, and she's like, you know. Hey dad, you know, can you want to you want to show a little flex or what with that shop in the background? And I'm like, oh yeah, oh, you know. The best part about that shop is that American flag hanging up there, right? It, isn't it? Isn't it? Yep. It's, uh, I come in, come in. Oh God. Okay. Well, that's kind of ironic you say that because I was going <laughs> to mention this. I am reading one of the best books I've ever read in my life. Okay. Two hundred and forty-six years. It was written two hundred forty-six years ago. And it's Thomas Paine, Common Sense. And if you haven't read that, I'm telling you, it tells you the mindset on how brilliant our founding fathers of America were and what they saw. And still, that book is relative to our current, the history of our Every year, all 246 years can relate back to that book. You know, that's, that's one of the great things about well-written books is that they are just timeless. They, they don't ever really go out of style because there's that old saying, I forget exactly how it goes, but <clears throat> there are no new ideas, just new executions or something like that. Right. Um, where every idea that you've ever come across or have ever seen or anything like that is actually just repurposed. It's just executed in a slightly different way. And so if you're smart enough, if you read a book from 240, 250 years ago, all those same things still apply today. You just have to, you know, just kind of switch, switch around some things. It, it's, this will tell you how, how common sense, how, how hungry our, our, our nation was to become a nation. 1776. I don't even know what the population of America was then, but you know, we had basically 13 colonies, right? Yep. That book sold 150,000 copies in three months. Wow. I mean, put that in perspective of the percentage of people that bought it. And, and that's just amazing. And, you know, I don't know why I didn't read it before. I've heard about it. I've kind of preached about it without knowing really what it was about and saying, hey, man, you know, is, is, is Thomas Payne? Well, it's, and it's ironic because my wife's maiden name is Payne. And so I don't think there's any – I don't I don't know if there is a relationship, you know, all those people from over across the pond, you know. So, Chris, um, where the heck is Chris going? Yeah, Chris is taking uh, some adventures. You know, it's telling me I'm having connection issues. So, Uh-oh. yeah. So you're, yeah, you're all scrambled a little bit. So yeah, I'm, writing yeah. that, I'm writing that book down. Just, I'm not ignoring you guys. No, Thomas Paine, common sense. It's amazing. It's on, you can get hard copy still. You can, you can listen to it. Audible's got it on there. So if you wanted to listen to it, um, it's, it's pretty cool. So it, 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 so back to the American flag every once in a while I walk in and it gave me chills when you said that Adam, Every once in a while, I walk in and I look at that, and that demonstrates everything that's in this building that's taken 30-plus years to build. That's, that's the foundation of it. Yep. You know, that's the foundation of it. And, and even though, you know, we're, we've got our problems, God, we're going off on a tangent, you know, right? <laughs> we're getting <laughs> deep. <laughs> we're five minutes in. That's it. Hey, even though, you know, our country's facing issues and so, listen, man, we're infants, you know? I mean – this country is young compared to other countries and societies and, 
and everything else. We're, we're babies. And so we're going to go through, we're going to go through crap, man. Just stay patient. And, yep. you know, Oh, I think and we lost Chris. If I can, know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing all right. Just give me a second here. Okay, cool. There and we go. on that comment. Um, so one of the great privileges that I have uh, in being a co-founder of Clarity Coat is that we do most of our business is international with 90 plus percent of our business is international. Wow. And what I find very interesting is that the people in America that think that are, that we're the only ones with these specific issues, racism, wealth, inequality, whatever you want to put out there. I'm here to tell you right now, every single one of those problems exists or is even worse in name the country. It exists there. Absolutely. And so it's been a really interesting for me to sit there and talk to people across the world and realize that they have all the same exact issues and they've been around 10 times longer than we have. Absolutely. You know, I've been, I've been blessed to be in 21 different countries, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you, there are some great countries out there. There's it, it's like Ukraine and Russia right now. It breaks my heart because I've got people and friends on both sides and I can't keep it clean. I can't stand that governments are hurting these people, you know, it just, because, you know, I, I've got people on both sides that, and how cool is it that, at least in my world, how cool is it that I can be mature enough now? I don't know if I would have been 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but to see that, I just won't take a side on this one. I, I'm pissed. I'm angry because we should be with, with it just shows you the weakness of, of, of humans, you know, yep. that we're just going to, we're just going to fuck each other up, you know, we're just, we are. And, it, and yep. it, it gets me a little angry. Sorry. That's my one F-bomb of it. <laughs> oh, we're only allowed to swear a little bit on yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be good. It, it, you know, I'm trying to turn, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to do that anymore. But, you know, when people are dying, it, you know, just bullshit. It's just absolute yep. bullshit. So, so hey, so uh, let's go ahead and Chris, let's introduce him and then, and then Adam. We're going to come back, take care of some business, then we're going to go into it with you. How's that? So yeah, just get me all worked up. Now that we've talked about Thomas Paine, common sense, American pride, and world peace, we can jump in. <laughs> well, if you guys haven't uh, been able to tell yet, our uh, special guest today is Adam Huber. And a little bit about Adam, um, you know, he started in the detailing industry back in 2015. Uh, had a mobile detailing business uh, that became a shop all the way up in uh, the freezing cold uh, South Dakota, although I'm assuming North Dakota is colder. Um, and then, uh, you know, he went from uh, that shop operation to uh, four full time employees within the span of about three years. But then in 2018, he sold the business and he went to work for uh, Optimum. Uh, we know Optimum from Opticote and all that kind of stuff. And one of our you know, one of the industry's favorite products is uh, O&R. And um, uh, while at Optimum, he met his current business partner. And uh, the two decided to go out and start uh, Clarity Coat, which I'm excited to learn a little bit more about. Um, it's a appealable paint company is, I think, the most basic description of it. Um, and uh, Clarity Coat's been around since 2019. And as Adam already stated, they're international uh in 30 plus countries wow so there you go Very that's cool. what i got well i can't wait to dive into this and so you know chris been a busy to, to say week 
You know, it, it was a crazy week. It's been it's been it's been a busy exactly a week. Uh, you know, we we hit the road last Wednesday. We flew out to Buffalo, um, and uh, had a little fun there, meeting with some industry partners, and then we headed down to New Jersey. What on Friday morning? Yeah, and uh, we went and hung out with the Detail Mafia doing the Jersey weekend, having a little fun motorcycle detailing and. Uh, you know, doing a little bit of uh, vinyl graphic removal in a different way than usual. Yeah, that was so. cool. That was cool. Well, we're, I'm happy to say we were the first Delta flight out of Ontario, California that was maskless. Did you know? Oh, that? really? Yeah, we were the first flight ever out of Ontario to leave without mask. And man, that was like, I felt like, uh, I, I, I felt like Mel Gibson, you know, in the movie Freedom, you know, and <laughs> You know, I mean, my, I just, I just, it just felt really good to not be masked. You know, I, I really wanted to paint my face half blue, you know, and just throw my hair out long, you know, and just, just kind of shout the message of freedom, you know, the full, the full, the full Braveheart thing, huh? Full Braveheart thing. It was pretty awesome. So, well, yeah, you we, know what? I'm, I'm happy to say that as far as I can tell, uh, we did all that maskless and didn't come back with COVID. We did not. I didn't come back with a, I didn't come back with a stuffy nose or, you know, anything. So I was sitting next to some brutal people. Yeah, I won't even go there. Yeah. <laughs> Chris knows the angle the lady I was sitting next to. She was a riot, man. I was just cracking up. She had me going. And uh, it was cool. It's just come from complete different backgrounds and everything else. And she was just, God, she was so – it was cool. You could see some people were still freaked out and, and, and bless their souls. And, but you could see a lot of people were happy. You know, a lot of people were really happy. So we go into it. I mean, this is starting a really crazy six weeks for us. It's kind of calm before the storm. So next uh, next week we have our five-day, and then we go right into a one-day extreme here in Big Bear. And then I've got – what the hell do I have that next – annual training for the guard. And we come back. We've got – on May 21st, we have extreme one-day classes happening in Scottsdale, Arizona. San Antonio, Texas, Auburn, Indiana, Long Branch, New Jersey, and Atlanta, Georgia, at all yep. of our locations. I had to move mine because – and Justin had to move his because I have – then I go back to, to – I've got a chance to go to a, a advanced search and rescue program I've been waiting 30 years to go to. So we had to rearrange uh, my schedule to handle that. And then we come back from that, go right into another five-day training. In yep. that, in the next week, our daughter on Tuesday – the 31st graduates from high school. And then on the first, Bob Phillips and I are taking off for Waxstock in the UK and going to go, you know, I, I should probably have Diane pre, prepay for bail. I wonder if they have bail in the UK, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're going to just need her to have you pack you some energy drinks. Yeah. We're going to be, yeah, we're going to be wiped. So it's going to be a busy, then we come back from that and we get a little bit, we go back in, we start kind of a program to where it's still solid, but not like nuts, crazy, like that. Yep. So, so, you know, so Adam, it, it clarity coat. So before we get into it, let's go ahead and it, so it, explain what the product is. Yeah. Uh, so Chris actually did a fairly good job of kind of explaining it. Clarity coat's kind of one of those products where, you have to see it to understand what it is. <clears throat> so I can explain here. I can sit here and explain it all day long, but you don't really know what it is until you actually see it in person. 
Um, you don't understand, like your mind literally doesn't wrap around it, um, pun intended. And But for the guys that are in the chat right now, the best way that I can describe it is we're all very aware of what vinyl wraps are. We're all very aware of what PPF is. And Clarity Coat can do both. But the way that it does both is by spraying it on instead of laying it on. So that's one of the industry terms, sprayed instead of laid. Um, and this obviously has lots and lots and lots of advantages, uh, which is one of them being, you know, panels on cars aren't getting less complicated. They're getting more curves in them, more sharper angles, um, stuff like that. So it's really hard to do one piece installs for vinyl wrap and PPF. Well, with Clarity Coat, what you can do is you can just simply, it doesn't matter how complicated the panel is. You just simply spray it on and then it wraps around the edges just like you normally would. And <clears throat> the biggest advantage that it has over vinyl is the fact that when you do, if you do a color change with Clarity Coat, again, remember you could do either clear or color change. Wow. When you do a color change, it looks and feels and reacts exactly like real paint. So you can bird poop stain it. You can get water spots on it. You can polish it. You can sand it. Um, you can do anything you want to it, and it looks and feels exactly like real paint. Um, so if you do a normal color change on it, you know, just say take a white car to black, you would never know that it was repainted or recolored with Clarity Coat. But the advantage to that is, is that you have not affected the OEM clear coat at all. We don't scuff the clear coat. We don't. All we do is just clean it so that it's really, really clean. Um, so no waxes, sealants, ceramic coatings, anything like that. And when you go to peel it off, it's easier to peel than vinyl wrap and PPF. You can unwrap an entire car in like an hour, two yeah. hours, something like that. As long as you know the techniques, of course. You know, there's tricks to everything. Um, the edges take a little bit longer to clean up depending on how the applicator applied it on the surface. So if they did what they're supposed to, which is build just as much film at the edge as they did on the rest of the panel, it'll, it'll peel off relatively easily. Um, now with the clear version, um, you obviously get a clear version that allows you to install it on however complicated of a panel you want to without having to do it in uh, multiple pieces, um, which is, advantageous for some vehicles so peelable versions of ppf or vinyl is probably the best way to put it that's pretty cool now how when you spray it on it's probably going to be as per you know each 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 technician is going to be a little different how thick on average are you putting it on uh the minimum thickness is eight mils oh wow so it's got it's got some beef to it yeah we yeah. there's a very uh if, if everybody wants to air, if anybody in the chat is like really confused as to what the heck I'm talking about, if you go to our YouTube channel, Clarity Coat, there is a uh, video on there of a Porsche GT3 RS that we did a color change on. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And in that first uh, 15, 30 seconds where Justin is peeling that yeah. part off the hood. Yeah. That one piece, we measured it. That one piece was like 13 and a half mils thick. That's, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. So the setup on this, you have to have a booth. Yes, have to have a booth. Have to have a booth. Uh, so you've got and then and then um, longevity. Everybody's going to ask about longevity. Kind of kind of like film. Um. Yeah. So longevity is kind of a tricky thing to answer because um, if you it it all comes down to how you treat it, right, and how you take care of it. So 
for example, we had a guy that did a color change on a Porsche and then decided to take it out track day. And sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it messed it up. Like, um, and but that's what it's there for. Yep. So the important note on that is, is he did a color change on it and it was two very different colors. And the OEM paint underneath was completely protected. Hadn't, um, hadn't affected the OEM paint at all. Like out of all the rock chips that were on the front end, but what it did happen. So clarity coat, if you think of it like a sandwich, you have your peelable base, you have your color coat, and then you have your clear coat over the top. The rock chips, what happened is they chipped the clear and color coat of clarity coat, but it didn't pierce the peelable base. Um, so if you were to, if you were to peel it, the OEM paint underneath is completely fine. No issues whatsoever. Hmm. Um, so Freaking that all cool. is to say the longevity is basically about the same as you would get out of normal paint. So the UV inhibitors and the clear coat are basically the same exact thing as what you get an automotive grade um, clear coat, because for all intents and purposes, we are using automotive grade clear coat just with some magic sauce in there to make it easily peelable and stuff like that. I dig that, man. That is so cool. When I looked it up, you know, after I saw you, I kind of started doing some research on it. And it's just so tomorrow, you know? Yep. I mean, it's just, it really is. I mean, you guys are way ahead of the curve. So how, how the heck, well, how'd you get into this? You <laughs> how did you go? Okay, you're sitting at your shop. You've got four employees. Take it from there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the that's, a, that's a very interesting story. So, um. 2018 i'm running a shop um in sioux falls south dakota 3,000 square foot four employees and we're rocking and rolling like we're <laughs> we're doing awesome let's just put it that way and um ivan Lacroix, who i know you are very acquainted with um probably everyone in the industry at this point now is but um approached me and said hey we really like the way that your mindset and the way you're running your shop and everything like we really dig that what would you think about coming on and being a full-time regional manager for optimum? And I thought on it for a couple of weeks and the, the reason why I accepted it, which the terms of me accepting that deal were that I had to sell the business. And the reason why really came down to really one reason, one reason only, which was I had kind of done what I wanted to with the car detailing business. And there Really, at that point, it was just about rinsing and repeating over and over and over again. Now, to some of the guys in this group, it, this is going to be sacrilegious, but it was lit the business was literally to the point where I only needed to come in for four hours a day at most. Basically, two hours in the morning to check everyone in, two hours at the end of the day to check everyone out. And that was it. I could do whatever I wanted to during the day. So, and the best part about that was, was I left for like a week and a half, I think, um, to Canada to go to training with Ivan and the whole shop. I, I gave my guys the option. I said, we can either schedule a light week and you guys, you know, just basically to where we maintain revenue and everything like that, or we can operate the shop like we normally would. And you guys, it's, it's up to you to run it. Well, these guys stepped up and said, Nope, we want to see if we can run it without you. And so um, we scheduled work as usual. And I, 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 I was the one that had to call them <laughs> and I, and it was once per day. And normally the, that's the question or the, when they picked up, they were like, why the hell are you calling us? Like, cool. we're fine. 
Like, and when I got back, the shop was cleaned up, all the chemicals were refilled, all the customers were paid for, everyone was happy. Like, li- like at that point, I was like, I've I've done what I wanted to, right? Wow. So at that point, I the way I looked at Optimum was I was stepping up my skill set. I was I was going to um I was going to that next level. So I uh I sold the business and started working as a regional manager for Optimum. And without kind of <laughs> getting into the weeds too much, I discovered the reason why I don't like working for other people all over again. And I basically reconfirmed the fact that I just I can't work for other people. Um, that was actually the year that I met you at SEMA. And, um, for anybody who maybe doesn't know Rennie or has never met him in person, so, uh, person, I can tell you that Rennie is 1000% the same person he is outside of Facebook and social medias and everything like that. Um, he's the same person in real life. Um, I was walking around SEMA. It was early. I think it was first or second day of SEMA and you spotted me. You said, Hey, get over here. And we just hung out and talked and that was it. Like you had pns and i think you were at the flex booth as well like i think it was kind of like a combined booth type thing if i remember right and um i was at the optimum booth and it was just one of those things where even though we work for competitive companies it's just it's a, it's a brotherhood man like we're all we're all doing the same thing we're making cars shiny and selling product like that's that's it at the end of the day um but anyways end of 2018 i had kind of had enough of working for someone else and wanted to again go and do something else um my business partner uh so uh you guys everyone in here might not know this but my now business partner with clarity coat justin paulington woods is actually a native uk guy he lives in london and at that point in time in my life i was i was up at four o'clock four thirty every single morning and so with the time difference you know he's up as well so we would just have almost daily chats and get to know each other and everything like that. Well, when the time came for clarity code to come around, um, it was really an easy decision for me. Justin had all the contacts in the industry. He knew every manufacturer, um, making the product out there. Um, he knew he had all the global contacts. So it was, it, it was a no brainer. I was basically going to be providing support for him to do his thing. And so we had a sample made of our product, um, checked out. We loved it started clarity coat and then uh put in my resignation for optum almost exactly one year to the day that when i when i started it <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool that's awesome yeah. so going forward um so what's your background before detailing so what where, where'd you start where where'd you start cutting your teeth on business and being hungry for building stuff well uh great question that's that's actually kind of goes right back to i can't work for other people um <laughs> I went to college. Uh, I went to a two-year technical um, university for diesel technologies. So I was learning how to be a diesel mechanic. And I love wrenching on stuff, but I just, I don't have that mindset. Um, I so much respect to those guys that can wrench and figure stuff out and do whatever. So at that point in time, I was, I was working on semis and, you know, doing mechanic stuff. And it just wasn't, it, I just wasn't happy. I just wasn't doing what I was really unfulfilled. Let's put it that way. Felt like a cog in the machine. And um, I quit wrenching and I went to work for a construction company way, uh, laying water main um, for the city of Pier, which is where I was living. My wife and I, we were trying to pay down some debt, um, some student loan debt. And 
we decided to, she decided to get a second job and i looked at the situation i was like why in the world would i get a second job where i have to keep to someone else's schedule and and I'm, i can earn just as much money detailing cars on the side as i would working for someone else so we took 700 dollars out of savings and i bought some detailing supplies and I just started grinding, man. And that's kind of where my love for marketing actually started was because I realized that, okay, for every detailer that is in here right now, if you are not taking pictures and video of every car that comes through your shop, you are just, you're being dumb. Like, and because that's all it took. I just took pictures and videos of the cars that I was cleaning, added a little story to it, posted it in Facebook groups, and it just blew up. It just went bonkers. Um, I went from doing 40 hours a week at my full-time job, and that was it, to doing 40 hours a week at my full-time construction job and 40 hours a week detailing. Um, every single night, I would load up everything in the back end of a pickup. I'd go and detail a car that night, Monday through Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday, 12, 14-hour days of detailing a car. And then my wife and I decided to make it a full-time deal when we moved down to Sioux Falls and I just, I just went at it. But again, the, the way I built that market in Sioux Falls, which is three and a half hours away from Pierre, was taking photos and videos and putting out there what I knew about the industry. And people ate it up. They loved it. They, they just loved seeing it. And you're marketing it to your audience. You weren't marketing to other detailers. You know? no. it, 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 and it cracks me up to see that because, we, I mean, I repeat myself all the time, but if we were plumbers, if detailers' mentality was plumbers, we'd, be, we'd have a bunch of plumbers with pictures of toilets. You know, <laughs> it just, you know, it's like, God, it just, I don't get it. I mean, if you I, want to know, if you want to know the ridiculousness of, of the usual detailing mindset, think of a plumber and think of like the slow-mo techno music and he's taking oh, his, his okay. PVC glue and he's putting yeah. it on the pipe and sliding them in Absolutely. together. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then like panning out for a full plumbing job. Like it's, it, that's ridiculous. Like, no, like. Who's going to yeah, do that? You got to tell a story and you got to tell it to the right audience. So, so you're talking to your audience. So this is going to be a loaded question. This next one, it's three parts. I like loaded questions. What are you seeing in the industry? So let's take it. The first one, three parts. Okay. What are you seeing in the industry past and your past isn't, is, isn't as, as deep. So this is kind of cool because you're going back to 2015, you know, this, to, so, and let's face it. A lot's changed since 2015. I mean, Oh yeah. We don't look like the same industry. You know, I mean, it, we've changed a lot. I mean, we do. They still got, again, you know, the plumber with the glue and it looking sexy. And, you know, it, you know, it's kind of squirting out the pipe when they put it together. And, you know, <laughs> there's some cool shit out there, but I shouldn't, I shouldn't be watching it. You know, there's yep. people that are in, you know, New Hampshire that I'm seeing their videos because they boosted it nationwide. And it's like, man, if you would have spent that same money, in a micro section, you'd be killing it. You'd be killing it. So what do you, let's go back to 2015 in, in, in your past. What did you see back then that was problematic? In the um, you take advantage of it. There's obviously other detailers in your market. Oh yeah. So how, how did you start moving up and they didn't? Um, easiest way to answer that is I put out educational content. Mm. Um, so People, people really, really, really overthink this a lot. Um, actually, this I've got a good example for you. Renny, you will absolutely love this. I was just talking to a gentleman today who sells vintage hunting gear. 
Oh, wow. And he was asking me, he's like, you know, what do I got to do to get out there more? And I said, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. 100%. And he's like, no, yeah, I don't want to do the renegade and like dance with my shirt off. And I said, fuck that noise. Sorry. for. Oh, wait, I forgot. We can't. We can't cuss. Um, yeah, you got, your, you got your one in. Yep. Um, yep. I was Rich. like, take take photos and video uh take your old photos and videos of stuff that you've sold and do a video about what was important about that piece why why what is so important about a five thousand dollar dagger or what's so important about a ten thousand dollar pistol from the 1800s like why why was someone willing to spend that money on it because that story that information is cool people love hearing about that kind of stuff oh yeah it's the same way with detailing. Literally, the only thing I did was when I would clay bar a car, I would say, here's the reason why I'm clay barring the car. Here's what clay barring does for your vehicle. And I would do blog posts on it. I would do Facebook Lives. I would do videos or whatever. People make this way overcomplicated. And the second thing that I run into the detailing industry is people think, well, nobody wants to hear that. Oh, really? Let me, let me tell you about a little channel called Ammo NYC. Let yeah. me tell you about a little girl on TikTok who's got millions of followers. Literally, all she does is show off what she's doing, why she's doing it, and that's it. People love seeing people do their thing. They love it. They, they, they might not even understand what the hell you're saying, but they love seeing your passion come through and you explaining that thing. So don't overcomplicate. That's what I did. I, I put educational content out here's here's what detailing is and this is why i'm charging a hundred dollars for a car wash so so back then in the past was yep. your competition doing the same thing no did they start copying you a, a little bit but there's my point a little bit we're not gonna be able to keep up with you no so because i don't know if you know this renny but i'm kind of a charismatic guy people like me you know yeah. <laughs> you know i kind of um, you right when we met you know <laughs> So it's hard to pop, it's hard hard to copy charisma. It's hard to copy that thing that you have that people just are attracted it can't to. Knock you off because no. you're you. No. You in know? fact, in, in fact, on the, on that note, I wouldn't say I was so confident or overconfident. But here is what here is what I would do when 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 I was hiring guys, and they kind of made it through the second phase of hiring or interviewing. Sorry, not hiring. Um, one of the very first things I would say is on their very first day of work, I'd sit them down and I say, this is a three year job. You will, you should not be here after three years. What do I, what do I need to do to make you a better person when you're leaving than when you came in here? What do you want to learn? Guess what? Some of them wanted to learn how the business operated. And I said, I will teach you everything you need to know about how this business yeah, operates. And yeah. I am incredibly proud to say, that two of my former employees went off to go start their own detailing businesses in which they are extremely profitable and they are doing very well for themselves. Oh yeah. That's a great outlook on it. Don't treat people. Don't keep them down, build them up. Yep. You know, and listen and cut the guys that aren't made of that, get rid of them. They shouldn't be there or they're seasonal. Uh, yep. You know, you just can't have it. You know, once they're in competition with you, no good, man. No good. Yeah. Um, so what are you seeing now? What, what's going on in the industry? You happy with what you're seeing? Um, I'll be honest. I'm I'm not in the um, detailing Facebook groups for lots of different reasons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, one, 
Clarity Coat um, is not a detailer's. 99% of detailers are not going to do Clarity Coat. I wanted to come onto this podcast because I enjoy talking to you. So, like, that's yeah. that's the main reason. But you know what uh, I like about this of bringing you on here is I think that for the progressive detailers that are looking for the next thing, you're you're one of the next thing. I dig yeah. it. I think if you got a shop and you want to think ahead, you know what's the, one of the biggest challenges of laying film? Learning yeah. how to lay film. Yeah. You know, I mean, I own a window tinting company. Um, I can lay I can lay PPF, but I'm not very good at it. I guarantee you, I can spray it a lot better than I can than I can lay it. Yep. So you're, there's an audience that you're speaking to, and I dig it. I think it's a great opportunity. Okay, so sorry. Back to present. What are you seeing? What do you, um, what do you, what do you wish you yeah, could share so, on? What are you seeing good? I From the little bit that I've seen, I'm actually seeing more people come into the industry that are a little bit more business-minded. Mm. Um, uh, obviously, there's still the guys out there that are going to sit there and argue about which freaking ceramic coating is the best or which rinseless wash is the best. You're always going to have that in any industry. I don't. You're never going to get rid of that. But I do see a lot of people doing two things. One, coming in and they're worried about optimizing their business and making it way more efficient. Um, I'm seeing a heck of a lot more software nowadays, um, which is great. Oh, um, right. in, 20, in 2018, nobody will believe this and they'll think I'm, uh, they'll think I'm just being um, egotistical. But what Urable and Orbis X and those softwares are doing, I was already doing back in 2018. However, I had to take like four or five different programs that they all had to talk to each other and like, you know, sync from this one to this one to this one. So I'm seeing a lot more softwares that are making business a lot more efficient, which is great for the industry. Oh, yeah. Um, you, know, you got Road FS. They were in my shop, believe it or not, up in Idaho in 2004. I mean, these guys were already ahead, but the, but the audience wasn't there. They weren't listening. They weren't. We were still carving out wheels out of stone, you know, and they yeah. squared off. <laughs> Yep. Is we just couldn't pe pe get people to run on round wheels that were rubber, you know, yep. and and it was an uphill battle. So it is. I agree. And then moving ahead, what do you? What I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I I think that you know, and again, I've had people. Ah, hey, you know what? You're not being optimistic. No, nah, I'm being real. Is I you know I think the economy's starting to slow. I think we're seeing that. What what do you what are you seeing? What do you what's your kind of uh, warning to people? And what's your upside to people? I think people are gonna. I think there's going to be two sides of it. Yeah. Eight and 20 split. I don't know. I don't know if I could actually give you a good answer as to what the potential downsides are um, where the detailing industry specifically is, is heading. But what I can say is that I'm seeing a whole lot more diversification. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing a lot more shops bring in PPF. I'm seeing a lot more shops bring in vinyl, window tint, and everything like that, which to be honest with you. So I actually started up another detailing business. Um, it's called Phantom Detailing. Um, and <laughs> okay, I guess if you're ready for a hot take, I'll, I'll give you a hot take. Um, we have been hearing a lot about employee struggles, hiring mm -hmm. the right people and everything like that. And a lot of people blame Gen Z for being lazy or, you know, whatever. I, I couldn't disagree more. I, I've got two kids yeah. in my garage right now That's that, they wanted to start their own detailing business. And I said, hey, I've already kind of got something started here. I will give you ownership in the company. I'll start off small. If we hit revenue targets, the business is yours. Um, I'm going to build it up to where I, all I want is just a residual every single month. That's it. That's the only thing I want. And these kids are hustling. They are. Because they have something to work towards. Yep. And now, is that a good fit for every company out there? No, but 
I'm telling you, if you guys are having a labor shortage, you got to find a different way other than just paying them. Period. End of story. Amen. You can't make it just about money. This generation's, I think, you know, we're seeing the same thing in training. There's some amazing, listen, the laziness in all generations. It's yeah. across the board now, man. You know, this little thing right here is just a, a brain sucker, you know, is, you know, it, it, it's, it's funny because my big brother, my older brother, was at dinner not too long ago, and I had to tell him to put his phone down at the table like four times. I felt like, it, you know, even our, our, our teenage daughter wasn't that bad. I was like, tell him, dude, put your phone away. You know, I mean, we're, we're eating dinner. Hit, yep. Hello, we're right here. And I didn't find myself. I got to put the damn thing down, right? And so, hey, will coding sales be affected? You think the downturn? I watched OA it happen. Codings were around. What do you think? A lot of shops have built. Again, there's no diversification. They're 100% targeted towards paint correction and, oh, and, and well, laying down code. What's going to happen? I've always thought that was a really dumb way to do a business, honestly. You're you're going after people that do that. Um, if you want to run a if you want to run a shop that is solely dependent on you, great. That's do your thing. However, shops that do just paint paint corrections and coatings, it is so difficult to replicate your level of what you're looking for over and over and over and over again to multiple different employees. You might get lucky. You might find two, maybe three guys that can do that same thing. Um, but it's very difficult to do boutique auto detailing. Absolutely. Now, if you start bringing on the lower end of services, you'll actually find that you make more money. And if you build out a good SOP system, um, you don't have to do any of the work. <laughs> like, yeah, um, right? Well, it's pretty interesting in our, in our mafia. We, I took a survey a couple of weeks ago and was asking people, hey, who's compounding on a daily basis? And even in our own group, we we're blown away on how many just aren't. Is how many are hitting $100, $150, $200 an hour and just – they're, they're delivering what the customer wants and they're not hung up on perfection. And I like best, you just nailed it, is I can reduplicate. If somebody doesn't need to touch a polisher, I can pay them really good money. I can make good money off of them. I can have happy customers. And I've got a shop that's going to be, it's, I won't say it's recession proof, but it's pretty recession proof. And I, it's, it's bad staff proof. As long as I'm willing to, Pay a decent wage and have a great culture, have a great environment, give them opportunities, treat them like a human, and all those good things that you 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 know I know you're talking about. You're brilliant. How old are you? Uh, 33. Oh, dude. You know I'll say this. You know who else was 33? This was a reality check for me, Chris. Do you know what I'm going to say? I, I think up, so, but 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 don't test me on it. I I woke up the day I turned 33. And I, and I, and I humbled myself cause I was pretty, pretty successful. Right. And I said, you know what, dude, check your, check your ego because there's a dude that was 33 that died on the cross that the Bible talks about that thousands of years after he passed away, the dude's a household name. I don't care where you're from or, you know, you talk about him. I ain't shit. Yeah. I ain't shit. You're such an amazing age, dude. You have no clue and to be as wise as you are is you got to spread that like a virus, you know? Is if you if you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s, you got to listen to this dude's attitude right now. And how many hours? Okay, and this is going to be straight. Be honest with me. How many hours a week? On a bad week, how many hours a week do you work on a on an average week? What do you work? And what's your ideal? What's your ideal schedule? Man, that's a that's a setting you up. <laughs> no, you're not setting me up. It's just a it's a it's a 
slightly difficult question to answer. I would have really loved to have gone back and talked about the the going after higher ticket jobs, but we can save that for another time. Yeah, we can get um, that back on. No, 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 it's fine. Not um, that we don't have any, you know, there's, it, it's not that we don't get along and present well, you know? Yeah. Um, so the, the thing I want to make people aware of is when you are first starting off in a business, doesn't matter what the business is, you're going to have to get in there. You're going to have to get dirty. You're going to have to work 12, 14, 16 hour days. It's just, it's just the way that it is. Like you just have to get in there. But the great thing was, is since I had already kind of built a business outside of myself, meaning I gave it to um, other people were doing the laborious work, the actual pay per hour type work. I knew that I was going to build stuff in a way that shortcutted um i just need to do these things now so that i can get it to the point where other people can start to do the work for me and i don't know if i've heard this term before or i doubt i came up with it but i like to call it time multiplication mm -hmm. um clarity code just made its first hire in which we hired a virtual assistant and the only thing that the the way that we hired that person was justin and i listed out the things that we don't like doing and then said What's that worth to us to hire that out, to give it to someone? So the amount of work that I do nowadays, so for Phantom, it's literally just me answering the phone, scheduling jobs. That's it. I don't do any of the detailing. Um, so let's just say five, six hours a week, um, something like that uh, is, 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 is what that is. Now, for Clarity Coat, I would say that I'm still very much so full-time. Like I'm working... 10, 12 hours a week, but I'm doing, I'm trying to do things oh, to get it to on. the point where I'm out. Oh. 10 to 12 hours a week's not, not, not. Oh, not. sorry. 10 to 12 hours a day. Sorry. Okay. There we go. I was going to say, <laughs> hold on. Okay. So you're still cranking it, but you're a build stage, you know? Yes. So just we're at growth deep, stage. You backed off. You didn't pump the brakes. Matter of fact, the accelerator is still going. You just had it on cruise control and we're hitting that, you know, speed up button, right? Yep. Without you having to control it. You'll, and you'll be there in this business too. That's yep. cool. What, what's your ideal? What would you like to, what would you like to do? Ideally, what's your work, your dream work? I know it. I, I know my answer and I've never really shared this, but what's um, your, what would be your dream day? How many hours a day? So, I, I like, I like working. I, I, I like building business. That's what I like to do. Somebody asked me the other day, like, what hobbies do you have? And I was like, literally like, I don't have a hobby. Like I just, I like building shit. That's what I like doing. Yeah. So yeah. do I want to work 12, 14 hours a day and really hard work? No. But building up other people, like I did with my guys before, that's what I enjoy doing. Cool. I like building something that I can give people a the marketing department and then they do cool stuff with it and doing that kind of stuff. So ideally for me, I just want to work on high level stuff. Hey, this is where the business needs to be. We want to go after... Um, well, right now we're trying to get into China and Japan. <laughs> that's a big, hairy, audacious goal. How do we do it? And yeah. that's what it, I want to have a team of people around me that I say, we're going after China. How do we do it? And then working towards that in whatever way sees fit. So I, I, I don't know if I, that's not a great answer. I'm sorry. No, I mean, but it's uh, now. Okay. I'm going to give you a challenge as a young dude. Get it. Get yeah. it. Okay. So for instance, 55 years old, I started riding a horse for the first time in 28 years. What it's done Come for to South Dakota, buddy. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> what it's done for my business is and for my mind is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's a it's something new. Everything, all the other hobbies I've done, you know, skiing, I've done my whole life. I still love it. It's an art, but it's I hate to say it, it's not challenging anymore. You know, I mean, there's a run. I'll turn on some, you know, some ACDC and I'll go down to double black. And it's it's challenging for that one minute or two minutes or 30, whatever it is. And I remember the first time I got on my horse and was taking a lesson, I had to get off because I had an attitude. I'm not used to being the new guy. I'm not used to being green. Yep. And what it did is it really kept me humbled of what people that are coming into industry, they're coming down to entrepreneurship. They haven't been in this, they've never been in that saddle before. So I got off the horse and then I'll never forget that the, the coach, the instructor was like, what are you doing? I said, I'm humbling myself so I can listen to you because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And I've got to get my mind clear to, to, to really listen to you and you build me up. Unbelievable experience. And what it's done is really helped propel me and keep me healthy, you know, and there's other interests. I mean, there's, there's constants, you know, I've got, I've just, there, there is, but that's the challenge I would for you being, being, being young is get something else that's behind the scenes that's propelling you and, and, and gets those, those freaking um, atoms going and everything going in your body and excitement level. And it just, cause what it will do is it'll translate into business too. Okay. Any good books? What's your favorite? Give me, give me a, give me a short list. Two or three. You'll books. like, you'll like this. Hold on. Oh, look at that. Right. Jocko. Jocko go. There you go. God, dude, is that a guy amazing? It's one of my top books, man. It's, oh man. If you are, if you are leading a team of people, there is no better set of books than extreme ownership, dichotomy of leadership, um, stuff like that. Um, I've got another one right here, which is Gary V, which is um, crushing it. Yep. Great book. Um, marketing um simon Sinek is a good one um it, basically anything by simon Sinek, anything by gary v anything by jocko um and then um there's another one too but i can't Coggins can't hurt me you read that one yet i haven't i've you know it's amazing how often i get recommended that and i don't know why but i don't vibe with david goggins very well and mm-hmm. i don't I, I don't have any hate towards him or anything like that i just i just I don't know relationship thing yeah, it's pretty amazing to see what he went through. It's a it's a harder read than Jocko's books, but man, just the guy's story is is insane. So I need so what's that. what's next? Okay, so you talked about China, Japan. You got big goals. How important is that to you to to keep you fresh? Because those setting those big goals. I would say that's probably the the thing for me. Um, if I'm not working towards something, I feel I'm really dissatisfied. Um, I get, I get real grumpy. I get real down on myself. Um, you said that you kind of have taken up horse riding or horseback riding. Um, Olympic lifting is kind of like that thing for me. Olympic lifting is a brutally technical, um, sport. And so you have to get at it. You have to stay at it every single day, um, for muscle memory and everything like that. And it's something that you can never achieve. Like you can, <laughs> Oh yeah. There we go. Um, yeah. I you relate. can't conquer. You can't conquer it. Um, no. So, no. Um, tell this shoulder, this shoulder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not easy on your body. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt about it. But um, I don't know. It's I have to have big goals like that if I to to work towards. That's killer. That's killer. So, hey, how do people reach you? How do they How do they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram Adam Huber Oh, you've already got the. Links there down go. there. Yep. Um, 
that's probably uh, one of the better ways to reach me. Um, you can check us out, claritycode.com. That's where our website is. We're, we're going through a, a rebuild here in the next couple of weeks. So I would say you can check it out now, but it's going to get completely rebuilt in a couple I, of weeks. I would say go check you out on, on uh, YouTube. At, that Porsche, that Porsche you know, recolor is pretty cool. Now yeah. give you know what to do. Adam, I know we're getting close to the end of the hour, but maybe real quick you can answer this. I, I don't think we've had a guest on who's maybe had this perspective yet. I mean, I know Ren, Rennie's had it, but uh, you know, you built up a detailing business, uh, then you sold it, and now you've got one again, second time. Oh no! Uh oh, Chris, you locked it up. <laughs> Dang it! He, he was fine oh, this entire time. Good. Well, we uh. Adam, thanks for coming on, dude. Um, we're gonna have you back on because we need to have a, we need I want to have the discussion about staffing. I think that'd be a really cool, a really cool uh, discussion between the two of us because we've got, you know, again, look at look at uh, there's I don't ever even when I was really young I never looked at somebody that was my age and said hey that's an old dude. I think I always always brought up that was disrespectful and nobody even had to tell me that. I looked at you know I grew up when when when. When I was young, the guys that were my age were the were the World War II vets. Uh, that's the last thing I'm going to tell somebody of that. I looked at it as wisdom. And so wise eyes versus youthful eyes is you'll say young eyes. I think, and especially in a guy like you, I think that is an absolute tragedy to call you young. Right? I think that it's yeah. youthful. And youth brings prosperity to us. Youth brings freshness to us. And then wisdom brings exactly that. You become wise by watching both the good and the bad and the ugly of the people that came before you. And so I'd love to get you back on. And, uh, hey, Roger, Wyoming, sorry we missed you, dude. Uh, I love this thing. I love the cap, so I wanted to wear it to you. Uh, we, uh, a buddy of mine was down here, and we, we didn't know when he was going to show up, and we found this on our door, and we missed him. We were out, we were out riding, and uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to see him, so – Adam, hey, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it, dude. And uh, stay in contact. Let's bring you back on to talk about staffing. So stay healthy, dude. Don't work too hard. Take a break. <laughs> Go. Uh, we got to lift sometime. I'd love to lift with you. No, you'll you'll wreck me. I promise. I'm, uh, I'm still learning. It's <laughs> your old body. You know, it's pretty. It's pretty beat up. So yeah. I embarrass myself now when I when I do the bench press. You know, it's like oh my god. You know, I, bench bench has always been my worst lift, which uh, is really funny because you know like when you have a big chest and shoulders right. and everyone, everyone expects you to bench like a lot. Yeah. And I think the best I ever bench was like 225. but yeah. my deadlift and squat were always way better. Yeah. That's my, the, the, uh, the, the squat, I was about 600. I tapped out about 600, 411 on bench competition. And then, oh. yeah, right. It was, can't do that now. I was showing off of just about two years ago. I was showing off and had 365 on, did it for a rep, and then, you know, the ego got to me. I did it for a second one and popped one shoulder oh. for that one. So, well, hey, you take care, man. God bless. Thanks for coming in. We'll get you back on, buddy. Yeah, thank you, man, for having All me right, on. Buddy, I really appreciate it. Thanks for the discussion. We'll see Bye. you, bud.